Hey Scott, how's it going? Good, good. Uh, I'm actually really excited about today's uh, podcast because we'll be talking about a major trade yep. that sent four solid players for another big big player, and it ended yep. up being just in a, like almost a one-sided trade in the end. But yep. It's yep. just amazing who was actually part of this trade. Yep. Do you want to just talk a little bit about? Yeah. So it was trade deadline 2002, right? Mm -hmm. And the Montreal Expos, who, if you don't know, they used to be a real team in the major in, in the major leagues, and they still are, but they're, they're now called the Washington Nationals. And they were looking for another starting pitcher, and uh, Cleveland had one available, and. You know, they're out of it and kind of in rebuilding mode after having some really great young players for a while, including the guy they traded to, the Montreal Expos, who was Bartolo Colon. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Bartolo Colon, and there was a, a minor leaguer involved, uh, like a, a pitcher. Tim Drew. Tim Drew. So Bartolo Colon and Tim Drew were traded to the Expos. And in return, the, the kind of the, the ticket player was was Lee Stevens, but kind of the, the the three prospects that no one really talked a whole lot about, uh, they became or they were, but they actually had still have have had great careers. Um, at the time of this recording, they were actually still productive. Well, not Grady Sizemore, but Cliff Lee. Brandon Phillips, mm -hmm. and uh, Grady Sizemore. Mm -hmm. With Lee Stevens, yeah. With Lee Stevens. Uh, those are the three prospects, but Lee Stevens was kind of had the, the established career. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so this is actually just a little bit of a background, if you guys know know these players. Uh, so from the uh, Montreal side, the petit, the players that went to Montreal is a Bartella Colon, who still to this day mm -hmm. is playing, uh, mm -hmm. and he's still pitching pretty well. Uh, so he was New York the, Mets. Yeah, and he yeah. was the big. Uh, he was the guy that Montreal wanted to get to get to the. They they traded for him so they can go to the playoffs, and he ended up pitching really well. He, as a, he went ten and four for Montreal that year. So it was actually yep. a, they got what they really traded for was a pitcher who pitched really well. He ended up winning 20 games for the entire mm -hmm. season with the Cleveland and uh, Montreal combined. Mm -hmm. Tim Drew, the minor leaguer, did, never really did anything after that. But then the four players that went to the Indians, boy, <laughs> actually three of the four. Yeah. What's yeah. funny, like as uh, as you mentioned, Scott Lee yeah. Stevens was the big ticket guy because this is here's a guy who hit like. 20 home runs for five straight years and mm -hmm. nice powerful hitter like really good OPS mm -hmm. um, and that's the guy that uh, that Cleveland got yeah but they got these three other guys and Cliff Lee who to this day is like one of the best pitchers in the major leagues yep. every year um, his name comes up on a trade seems uh, like it yeah and then and he has been traded a lot, yeah, you know, the last few been. few year, few years. Yeah, and uh, he actually ended up uh, having a stellar career for Cleveland, and and he ended up being one of their best pitchers ever. He won eighty three games for him. Yep. Um, 
was just he ended up winning 22 games when you won the Cy Young. Yeah, Cy Young. Yeah. He won the Cy Young. He's just amazing. Uh, Brandon Phillips, who was in the trade. Yep. Uh, he's actually an all-star second baseman for the Reds. He ended yep. up getting traded from the Red, from the Cleveland Indians to the Reds, uh, which. Um, um, for somebody who's not really that is not didn't even get end up playing for Cleveland like Jeff Stevens or something I've never yeah you know I, I I always I wasn't really sure how that whole transaction went down I always thought that for some reason I had it in my head that Brandon Phillips was kind of like a Rule Five draftee or something but he really didn't you know Cleveland didn't give him much of a chance and yeah. you know uh, they had Omar Vizquel and they had given like I think Ricky Gutierrez a big contract yeah, yeah. which was you know turned out bad and um, I think they had Travis Fryman at third if they wanted like Benegal some more but so they just really gave up and uh, yeah, he became a multiple all-star all and yeah. also a multiple gold glover yeah. and maybe I, I'm Maybe one of the three greatest second basemen in Cincinnati Reds' recent history, right? <laughs> so, three great second basemen. I, mean, I would say that Joe Morgan's number one. I know, yeah, like, yeah. Pete Rose spent some time. Yeah. So, um, what about Ron Oster? Ron Oster, I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's... There's a place in this country where like Ryan, Ron Oster is shedding a tear. Yeah. He, he didn't include him as one. Of yeah, the top he's shedding a tear with Pat Border somewhere, or you <laughs> selling used cars yeah. somewhere. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but Brandon Phillips has had a great career, not with Cleveland, but uh, and and then you know going back to the actual trade though, and you know Gravy Sizemore, you gotta love a guy named Gravy, right? Yeah. I mean, there's some great Gravies. I mean, there's Gravy from Sanford and Son, and yeah. Gravy Little, who is a you know a manager with uh, the Phillies or uh, or, or Boston. Oh, Boston. Yeah, and uh, Gravy Sizemore had he probably had like four solid seasons with Cleveland. Yeah, he was. He had four seasons where he got a vote for the MVP from 2005 yeah. till 2008. Yeah, he's pretty much an all-star. Yeah. Um, he actually has one of the one of my favorite because I'm a big stats guy and mm -hmm. I always like filled up stat lines. And he had a great year in 2006 where he got 53 doubles, which I love. Wow. He got 53 doubles, 11 triples, 28 home runs. Mm -hmm. As a leadoff hitter, he got was he? Lead, I think he was a leadoff hitter. Yeah. He had 76 RBIs, mm -hmm. which is awesome, 134 runs scored, and he just had an amazing year in 2006, and he had a, he had a great year from 2005 to 2007. I heard he got injured a little right. bit. Those numbers you just quoted, by the way, reminds me a lot of Juan Samuel. Mm, okay. There was a time early in his, when Juan Samuel's career where he thought people thought, I mean, he was hitting a ton of triples and, and you know extra base hits, and... Of course, he fell off, which is why you can't tell, say, so-and-so is going to be a Hall of Famer in their third or fifth year, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, But speaking of the stats, I, I, Cliff Lee, great whip. Like, if you're into S&M, you, <laughs> Cliff Lee had a great whip, right? Yeah. He hardly ever <laughs> walks anyone. Uh, he strikes out his, his uh, strikeout. Well, whip is not strikeout-to-walk ratio, right? But... I think his whip uh, stat has always been good, and definitely um, his walkout uh, st strikeout to walk ratio has 
has been excellent, especially in his yeah. last five, six, seven years. Well, Cliff Lee is one of the few starters that I can remember. He had a whip of .94 right. in 2010. I guess if you're into SMN, SMN <laughs> you want more whip. Yeah, Less. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, yeah, it depends. <laughs> yeah, which may or may not lead to an STD. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, STD theme right there. Yeah. Um, you put a condom at the end of the flogger or yeah. something, or the whip, so... But, you know, funny you should mention this. I mean, yeah. this is not... I guess it's sex-related. Grady Sizemore, if you type in his name yeah. and put in selfie, he actually sent this girl, uh, let's just say a nude picture of himself and little uh, Grady Sizemore. Uh, and it's all over the internet, so if you guys right. type it in... You know, the ladies and the gentlemen who yeah. are into that stuff, our fans, uh, right. just, you know, spring from that in. Well, we had a podcast previously where you mentioned revisionist history. And yeah. maybe, you know, looking back, his parents, you know, or, you know, his dad's family, I don't know, Sizemore may have been a oh, good last yeah. name or something. But I don't know. So, um, RBI, back on the S&M whip theme, yeah. uh, real bad injury, if you're not, you know, careful, but go ahead. I just, uh, uh, for all the people who are on the podcast, I just pulled up the picture. I mean, obviously not the full he one. He pulled the picture, not something else, yeah, but yeah. 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 It looks like it's blocked out, too. Yeah, thank God. Pixa, uh, yeah. the, the pixelation uh, He's in effect. good shape, though. He's in very good shape. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Um, yeah, so, I mean, Grady Sizemore, he had such great years. And he was a guy who didn't really walk that much. Well, mm -hmm. he had, he got a lot of at-bats. That's another thing. Like, in 2007, he had 748 at-bats. That's a lot. It's a yeah, lot. That's a and lot. He had, and he had 101 walks, which means he got over 800 at-bats. Right. That means that that team had a really good offense, too, you could tell. Probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they, they batted around a lot. But, but yes, I mean, he, he was good. Him and Cliff Lee ended up just probably paying for themselves, you know, yeah. just in their first year. Um, yep. And then Brandon, um, so Bartella Cologne, Montreal ended up not going to the playoffs, although right. Cologne had a good year. Right. Um, do you remember this trade going down when it happened? I do, I do. And to be honest, I mean, I remember all the talk was, you know, Cologne's going to win the Cy Young and the AL. He's definitely going to make the all-star team yeah, start. Yeah. And then, then he got traded. It's interesting because... Oh, and then coming back with the Lee Stevens and the three, uh, uh, st you know, future stars, and um, and then you know we talk we haven't really talked about Drew, right? The, yeah. but yeah, for reason. Uh, yeah. Um, but I do remember that trade, and all the talk was around Bartolo Colon because he was having a great season, and um. He had double-digit wins, and, you know, wins are a little bit overrated, for you know, but still, um, his ERA was under three. And it's interesting because when he went to Montreal, his stats were very similar. He did have a, an ERA above three, but he won the same amount of games, and um, some of the other stats were pretty similar with his first half uh, with, with Cleveland that year. I mean, what's so funny to me is, like, usually when a guy goes from the American League to the National League, mm -hmm. they end up pitching better for a multitude of reasons. Like, right. They're, you know, the batters aren't familiar with them. Right. There's a pitcher you get to start him. But actually, Bartella Colon <laughs> regressed a little yeah. bit. I mean, he still had a great year. Higher ERA. And yeah. Yeah. 
he actually, yeah, he had a way higher whip, speaking of whip. Yeah. Uh, if you're into big boys. Yeah. He whipped Grady, Grady Sizemore or something. Yeah. yeah. And, but he had, he had a really great year that year. He pitched over 230 innings, which is mm -hmm. like, and had like, um, you know, I think he had a close to 300 strikeouts. Right. He had like, oh my God, he had over 300 strikeouts. Yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing. And that hasn't happened a whole lot. And, you know, generally, guys who, you know, have someone to whip in bad don't strike out that many. Or, yeah. well, I guess he would be the batter. Okay, enough of that. So, yeah. you know, another thing, too, about guys moving to another team <laughs> is, you know, Cleveland was in sell mode and re they wanted to rebuild. So, yeah. Even if guys deny it, when they go to a contender, there's something in them. Like they like they actually try hard, either physically or mentally. You know, they kind of like, all right, now I'm kind of playing for something. Even though he had the great stats before the trade, um, I think there's something to that too. Although in this case, you know, he did regress a little bit, right? And. Um, there's pressure. I mean, that, there's also... There's that of part of it, too. It's yeah. like you kind of feel like, all right, I have to make this trade, you know, look good for Montreal and maybe look bad for Cleveland for giving up on me or yeah. not willing to re-sign me because that was his yeah. free agent year, right? That was his walk year. Yeah. To, so, so he, yeah, Montreal had a really good team. Like, they had... Uh, yeah, just a little talk. Of, I mean, they had Andres Galarraga, who was injured for, mo for half the year, but right. they had... Uh, Remember Jose Vidro? I do, I guy? do. Second baseman? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then Orlando Cabrera when he was pretty yeah. good. Uh, Fernando Tatis. I always liked that name, Tatis. Yeah. He had two grand slams in one game with the Cardinals, I, I think. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they had uh, Vladimir Guerrero, like an amazing year. It was yep. like 39 home runs. And, yep. And Future Angels MVP. Yeah. Yep. Um, this also, you know, so it is interesting. Um, I think what this also brings up is how, and I don't really understand this, but how was how was Montreal ever able to like produce great players like year after year after year? Like they just had right. such a great like, and it's just kind of interesting how like that that franchise, which is like as you mentioned, has turned into the Nationals. Right. They always used to just produce like before sabermetrics, there was yeah. Montreal. You know. Right. You know, I, I think that it's kind of that that argument about how much do you want to put into scouting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, today, scouting is worldwide, right? Yeah. Especially in, you know, Latin American countries and, and Asia. And uh, back then, I mean, really, there are a few teams kind of tapping into, like, the Asian market. You know, I mean, yeah. look at Hideo Nomo. Mm -hmm. and with the Dodgers and, you know, a, a team like the Dodgers, you know, for the most part have put in more money in, in scouting in general, but like overseas scouting mm -hmm. uh, specifically. And, you know, and, you know, I think Cle uh, the Expos uh, organization were one of those teams. Currently, I think the A's are one of those teams and the Red Sox and the Cardinals and, you know, there are teams that really don't put enough in into that, and they may just go after the big free agent signees. 
I never get that. I never understood it. Yeah. It's so much cheaper to invest in scouting and like yeah. younger players. And here's a funny thing about going overseas. Uh, although, uh, I think the players that were traded in this one, yeah. were, all four were American. At least. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but it's just kind of interesting. Like, why is it that why don't teams invest more money in mm-hmm. uh, instead of the like in, in, in scouting or, or player development? See, I have, and not to get, not to get all social on, on you or or, or, or our listening audience. To me, it's a microcosm of our country. Why don't we invest in, in kids and educations? You know, it's kind of like the whole old old thing about you pay now or you pay later. Yeah, I think it's the same with like certain organizations who continually suck decade after decade and. They're not putting enough into their kids, into the scouting, uh, to look for the kids, the 16, 17, 18-year-olds, or, or even in, in the colleges, um, in or out of this country, uh, you know, to build up those farm systems. And, you know, like at the time of this podcast recording, you look at the Chicago Cubs, right? They have like three minor league shortstops. Hey, blue chip prospects are like currency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for most organizations, yeah. You know they could. Let's say the Cubs. I don't know. Need a center fielder. They could easily trade one of those shortstops for a a center field prospect. So, I think in our in one of our podcasts we talked briefly. I mean, it came up like. Do you trade for need or for talent? Mm-hmm. And I'm all for the talent because you can flip extra catchers, extra shortstops for yeah. what you need. So. I mean, that's what Billy Bean does. And to your yeah. point, going back to the, let me get on my, uh, my soapbox. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, Preach it, Amir. <laughs> um, I think, uh, and this is kind of interesting to talk about because, you know, having been in the corporate world for a little bit, and also even looking at the baseball, looking at the baseball teams, it's always about what have you done for me lately. Right. And oftentimes, when you're a general manager or yeah. even a manager, yep. On average, you're not going to last in your job, even if you do an yeah. awesome job. You're not going to last. I think, uh, what is that quote in Batman? Is like you either die a hero or watch yourself turn into a villain uh, or something okay. like that. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in like. Uh, and by the way, I'm a big comic book fan. That's why, but it's like it's true. I think a lot, yeah. even the greatest GMs, they ended up being pushed out for whatever reason. Right. So they're all right. like, "Well, why don't I just? If I have the money, why don't I just win right now? Mm-hmm. Why am I investing in something that's going to benefit a guy mm-hmm. ten years in, in ten years when I'm not even going to be around? Of course, that's not the right. right way of thinking. Right. But like corporate world is like that too. Is like sure. you, have, you have stock. I mean, not that major baseball doesn't have to answer shareholders, but Right. You know, it's always like a quarterly thing. Your yeah. your fans are your shareholders, so every yeah. year you have to answer to them. Are we trying hard and like? Right. And so it makes sense. Um, and I, I mean, go ahead. I mean, like the, the Cubs example with Billy Bean, right? The thought is they're going all for it now, and they oh, gave up a oh shortstop yeah, yeah. um, to get you know um, Hamels and Samarja, yeah. and it's kind of like. Forget it. This yeah. time we're going for it. So yeah, um, and, and and that's the thing with again like one of the reasons I'm not a big Ace fan. <laughs> I love Billy Bean. I love Sabermetrics. I love yeah. what they do. But yeah, you know if you're a fan next year you're like oh, 
Yeah. Like all these, like Lester isn't going to be on the A's, you know. Right. He's probably back with the Red Sox, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, um, so any closing uh, thoughts on this? What do you think about this trade? I mean, yeah, you know, it's interesting because. I mean, Bartolo Colon, it's amazing to me. He was out of baseball for like a, a year recently, I think. And he came back, had a resurgent with the A's, although he was caught juicing and all yeah. that. But, you know, even with the Mets, I mean, they believed in him enough to give him a pretty good two-year deal. And, and he's in the midst of year one right now. But if, like... I mean, if you look at Cliff Lee, Grady Sizemore, Brandon Phillips, right? Um, just for the sake of art, I mean, not sake of argument, but just pure talent alone, if the weak link in that, what Cleveland got back, and I'm not including Lee Stevens, just prospects purely, if Grady Sizemore was the weakest part of that, even though you didn't keep Brandon Phillips, I'm talking pure talent and what what beca- became of these players and what they are now, um, that's a lot of talent they got back. Yeah. And, again, you know, we talked kind of like the Hall of Fame thing in, in prior podcasts. Cliff Lee will not be a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Phillips will not be a Hall of Famer. But Cliff Lee has won a lot of games, has helped, uh, you know, um, the Phillies and... The Rangers get to um, and Cleveland uh, yeah. the playoff appearances yeah. and he's Bra- a young winner. Yeah, um, and Brandon Phillips uh, multiple All Star appearances, including a few as a starter and multiple Gold Glove winners. Mm-hmm. So and, you know, Lee Stevens, I, he retired the year after, right, or after, yeah, at the end of that season, yeah, right? So um, and then. Drew X or X Drew. I mean, he had like a cup of tea or you know, a, yeah, a, a fourteen dollar beer with. Uh, By the way, a little interesting fact about Tim Drew. I just looked it up. Uh-huh. He was the only one of all the people traded that was picked in the first round of the uh, major league draft. You, you never know, right? You just never know. Interesting. But yeah, that was uh, that was great. That's a that was a great show. Thank yeah. you guys for listening. Um, yep. Next week we'll be back with a new. Uh, you want we want you want to announce what we're gonna do next week? Yeah, we're gonna have like a, a Star Wars theme, and uh, you know we're gonna. This is gonna be MLB Trade History's fourth episode, so we're gonna kind of base it on Episode Four, Star Wars: A New Hope, and uh, hopefully that'll keep you uh, in your seats for now. And we'll talk more about it when uh, it gets uh, recorded and uploaded. Yeah, we're looking for us. Uh, episode four is gonna be a new hope. A new episode hope. five will be Empire Strikes Back, and yep. episode six will be Return of the Jedi. So yep. Yep. All right. Hope you guys tune in. Thank you so much yeah. for listening. Yep. Thank you. See you guys. Thanks, Scott. Yep. Thank you, Amir. Take care, guys.